and spend the night with my friends. I don't know why, but I was terrified of the whole idea. When I was in eighth grade, there was a, a trip that, that eighth grade, when you got into eighth grade, you always went on this trip. They went to the, uh, the Space and Rocket Center in, uh, in Huntsville, and uh, it was a big trip. And I was, I think, the first kid in like 10 years that did not go. I refused to go. I was always terrified of actually getting outside of my home for, for longer than, than 24 hours. Uh, and, and it was always just a, a big problem for me. During high school, I, luckily I grew up a little bit. And uh, I, I got to where um, I would leave more frequently. And, and I, I started to get used to that whole idea. Uh, but I got closer and closer to graduation. And, uh, of course, I decided to go to Faulkner University um, for my college experience. And uh, I was definitely nervous about it. But I, I, was, I just knew, I was like, I, you know, when the time comes, I'll be fine and then we'll be good to go. So the day comes and it's time for me to go to college. And we're packed up and we get in the car and we start going. And I, basically, uh, to be completely honest, I have several continuous panic attacks. Um, I was absolutely terrified of, uh, of being uh, in college, of, of leaving home and going somewhere completely different. And uh, it's a, it's a three-hour drive, typically, from Mobile to Montgomery. Uh, I think it took us a little over five hours because about every... Uh, 20 to 30 miles or so, uh, we would stop and uh, we would have to distract me with, with something. Um, I have visited, I think, almost every exit from, Montgom or from Mobile to Montgomery, um, especially all during that one time. But it took so long and, and I remember I basically made my mother sick as well because I just I, I wasn't sure I was going to be able to do it. And I'll be honest, I was, I was terrified of going to college. I was terrified of, uh, of getting to this place and for some reason thinking that I wasn't going to be able to, to find friends. I was terrified that I was going to get here and, and I was going to... I was going to make my way into college and everyone was just going to be different for me and they were going to look at me and they were going to say, you don't really fit in here. And I'll be honest, that was legitimately what I was afraid of. And so finally, I'm the very last guy to check in uh, to, to move into my dorm. And I move in and we get everything set up. And then everyone's supposed to go to this big, uh, this big thing that takes place in the, in the multiplex. And everybody goes in there. And then basically they kind of start telling us some stuff. And then the parents at that time are forced to leave. And so I, I'm okay at this point. I don't know what's going to happen. Um, but, but I said bye to my mom and, and my brother. And uh, 
I think within a couple hours, I ended up meeting one of my best friends. And by the end of that week, I absolutely loved every second of being there. Uh, and of course, I can, I can say that if it wasn't for me going to Faulkner and, and, and pursuing my degree, obviously I wouldn't be here. Um, I wouldn't be standing before you right now. Um, but I was so afraid before I got there. And of course, yeah, I, I really didn't have that much to worry about. I, I found my friends immediately and I, I love that experience, but, but I was so afraid. I was so afraid of the limitations that I placed on myself that I wasn't going to be able to find what I was looking for when I went there. If you will, turn with me to Numbers chapter 13. Numbers chapter 13. I've entitled this lesson, What Do You Fear? And of course, what I want to talk to you about is fear. I think fear can tend to be one of the biggest obstacles that we face when we're making our way toward our destination. If you think about any scenario in your life, uh, you have point A where you are now and point B where you're trying to get to. Uh, whether this is a, you know, kind of something that's a big deal or if it's just some menial task, the easiest obstacle for me to put in your way for you to have to make some crazy detour is something that you fear. In fact, if, if, if something that you fear ends up in the way of your destination, chances are... If you're not going to go and make a big detour around this fear, you're probably going to say, well, maybe that's not the destination I'm going to go to anyways. And you change your mind because these fears become our biggest obstacles. And of course, throughout the Bible, we see fear. We see all of these people that, that face uh, these different times where they are very fearful, where they are afraid. Of course, we see it in the very beginning. We're, we're introduced to the fear, uh, the fear of God from Adam and Eve. Uh, then we continue to see all these different times where, where all these notable people are afraid, like David. Uh, later on, uh, we see Jonah. Uh, we have Elijah. There's so many, of course, as we continue to look through, that have these times where they are just terribly afraid. And I think it's safe to say that we also don't live in a, a fearless culture. I think that our society, and I think especially the media, uh, they do a very good job of making sure that we are pretty afraid of what's out there. I think they, they really like to show us a lot of worst case scenarios, uh, a lot of really bad things that can happen in our lives. And they really reinforce these fears that we might have and make us think, okay, that's why I have that fear and I definitely am going to continue to have that because of what I see on the news or what I see through different forms of media. In Numbers chapter 13, we see that Israel is heading toward the promised land. And of course, if we think back through the story of Israel, the people of Israel, they've been in captivity and then they were finally released and now they're wandering through the wilderness. And what we're looking at this morning, they're actually getting pretty close to finally being where God was leading them. 
And we see that God is leading Israel to the promised land. God is, is completely in charge of this and is basically leading the way and saying, all right, Moses, you're going to take these people and y'all are going to go here and this is what's going to happen. And so here specifically, as we, as we uh, start reading in Numbers chapter 13, we see that the Lord is, is basically saying, all right, it's time to, to kind of start looking into this promised land. You're finally getting close to that destination. In Numbers chapter 13, beginning in verse 1, the Lord spoke to Moses saying, Send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the people of Israel. From each tribe of their fathers you shall send a man, every one a chief among them. So Moses sent them from the wilderness of Paran, according to the command of the Lord, all of the men who were heads of the people of Israel. So here we see... Uh, from the very beginning of this, that there are 12 men that are chosen to spy out the land of Canaan. So these 12 men are selected, and uh, if you keep reading in, in verse 4 of chapter 13, uh, you'll see that it starts to list all of these different men. Uh, two of the names you'd be familiar with, uh, one of them being Joshua, the other one being Caleb. And so these 12 men are selected. And they're supposed to kind of go on ahead of everyone and go out into this land and, and, and survey it and, and look at it and, and kind of bring back a report of this land. So uh, we're going to skip all the way down to verse 25 in Numbers chapter 13, uh, beginning verse 25. At the end of 40 days... They returned from spying out the land, and they came to Moses and Aaron to all the congregation of the people of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. They brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. And they told him, We came to the land to which you sent us. It flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. However, the people who dwell in the land are strong. And the cities are fortified and very large. And besides, we saw the descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the Negeb. The Hittites, the Jebusites, and the Amorites dwell in the hill country. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the Jordan. So these men come back after 40 days. And basically they say, all right, so we've been to this land and it's awesome. Um, it is exactly what God has promised us. Um, here's some of the fruit that we've brought back from it. Um, it, it it's, it's wonderful. It is an awesome place. But all around that area, there's some enemies. So maybe we're thinking we're not going to go. Uh, so basically what takes place is, of course, they look at this land and the land is perfect. But there's a few enemies nearby and so they completely back out. They're deciding at this point that, that maybe, maybe they're not going to, to go into this promised land after all. Because there's a lot of people and, and some of them, uh, some of the men there are, are large and uh, there's a lot of different people that we're not really good friends with. So, uh, so we're going to give up on this. I want to keep reading in Numbers chapter 13, uh, verse 30. But Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and occupy it, for we are well able to overcome it. 
Then the men who had gone up with him said, We are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we are. So they brought to the people of Israel a bad report of the land that they had spied out, saying, The land through which we have gone to spy it out is a land that devours its inhabitants, and all the people that we saw in it are of great height. So they decide to tell the people, yeah, we're not going to go into this land. Um, it's, it's, not, it's not worth trying to go into. Caleb, of course, says, no, we, we can take this land. Caleb and Joshua both agreed that they would be able to, to, to overcome these people and they would be able to take the land that had been given them. But these people said, no, it's, it's not possible. You see, for a lot of these people, the fear of their enemy was greater than their fear of God. In this situation, instead of choosing to understand the fear and the power, the power of God and the fear that they have of Him, they feared the enemy. And so they chose not to pursue the land that was given to them. And as you continue to read throughout Numbers uh, chapter 14, you see that that doesn't really go very well for them. In fact, these people, aside from Caleb and Joshua, they don't get to inherit this promised land. And this land is, is taken away from them. You see, their fear was completely in the wrong place. The fear was for their enemy and not of their God. When I was little, uh, for some reason, I remember random, uh, random parts of this show that was called Mari. And uh, if you remember that show, you remember that it is a ridiculous, absolutely absurd show. Um, and I think as I was kind of reading different things about it, it's, uh, most of it is completely fake. But usually what happens on this show is a lot of people are, are brought in and they're interviewed and it's for something crazy. Um, and there's a lot of, I think there's a lot of paternity tests and a lot of that you are, you are not the father kind of situations on that show. It's very dramatic. But for some reason, I remember when I was younger, I remember seeing a part of this show and it was about phobias. It was about different people that have these, these crazy, uh, irrational fears. And one lady that was on the show was terribly uh, afraid of cats. And I mean, not like, oh, there's a cat, I don't like it. It was like they, they showed a picture of a cat behind her and she just broke down and was just on the ground crying and, and screaming. And, and then, of course, they just continue to mess with her and they bring out like a, a basket of cats and she's, she's freaking out and running all over the, the, the studio and... Uh, and so that's really what happens. Again, might not even be real. But that really stuck with me. Uh, that, that there was something that to me was not terrifying at all and yet absolutely uh, scared this person out of, out of her mind. In our lives, there are a couple different kinds of fear. Um, this is not a, a scientific idea of, of fear or broken down in any certain way. Um, this is kind of, kind, of how I, kind of how I saw it. Um, and there's two different types 
of fear. And there's this first fear, which is uh, this, this trivial fear. And when I'm talking about that, I'm talking about these fears that um, they really aren't a really big deal. Um, you can be afraid of them, and, and if somebody brings up that thing, um, you can say, oh yes, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm afraid of that. Uh, but it doesn't actually, doesn't actually do anything in terms of, of your life, in terms of your, your destination. And these kind of fears really kind of take... Uh, they're kind of a big deal, especially during this month. Of course, it's October. We're getting close to Halloween. And a lot of people like to kind of play up these fears and like to talk about these different things that, that are scary and, and all of that. Um, you know, you have these ideas of being afraid of, of spiders or clowns or, or mummies or, you know, whatever it might be. You have these different types of fears, these trivial fears, these fears that, that exist, but they're not really going to do that much uh, for or, or against you. But then you have these other kinds of fears, these substantial fears. These are the fears that, that actually limit us. And the sad part about these kind of fears is I, I think there's actually just as many substantial fears as there are these trivial because the trivial fears, you can be afraid of, uh, of cats. You can be afraid of, you know, of all these little different things. But these substantial fears that are actually going to really change our lives if we allow them to, there's so many of them. A lot of times we can have a fear of, of how other people view us. Of, of the ideas that people have when they, when they look at us, when they talk to us. We can have a fear of, of failure, whether that be through, through our work, through, through school, uh, through our leadership. We can have this fear of, of failing in something. We can have a fear of, of standing out. Um, a lot of some people just just want to fit in. Uh, they just want to to be a part of the crowd, and standing out is, is terrifying. Or we can have this fear of being unseen, of going through our entire lives and and looking back and realizing that we haven't done anything to put a a, a footprint on this earth. We haven't done anything where people can look at us and say that's what they've accomplished. A lot of times we have a fear of, uh, of finding or having or maintaining or losing love. A lot of times we're so afraid of, of, of messing up relationships or creating relationships that, that we don't do anything about it. And as we look at our lives, as we look at point A and where we are and point B are our ultimate destination. It's these fears right here that are going to get us to stop making our way toward our destination. These are the things where, where we stop dead in our tracks because there's a chance that we can compromise this fear by taking another step forward. I believe that there's so many times and so many things in our lives that, that we can accomplish 
And we have the full potential to, to reach, to, to move past these things, to reach our destination. And not only do that, but to be able to make an impact on the lives, on our, own, our own life, the lives of others, and so many more. But fear keeps that potential hidden. Fear allows us to, to make these detours, to go off in a different direction, or even decide that this destination is not what's most important to us. You see, we can take full advantage of the life that God has given us, or we can live it without making a real impact. So I want you to think about this question, and we'll come back to it. What is it that, that you fear? What do you fear? And I'm not talking about this trivial fear. I'm not talking about you know, these, these random objects or, or things that, that you can have a, a fear of. What I'm asking is what is holding you back from living the life that God is leading you through? What's the one thing, what's the biggest obstacle in your life that's going to keep you from getting to your destination? You see, looking back at these people in numbers, we see them being led by God. And even in verse 1, God says to Moses, Spy out the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the people of Israel. I'm giving it to them. God was handing them over this land. And they said no. They looked around and they, they noticed that there were a few people that maybe didn't look at them in the best way. Maybe it would cause a few problems and so they said, no, we're not going there. You see, their fear was putting their full trust in God. And this is, this is crazy because God was right there. God was with them the whole time. God was leading and telling Moses exactly what to do. It was literally called the promised land because it was promised to these people. And being afraid of, of anything with God leading the way is completely irrational. In fact, as we look at these both trivial and these substantial fears, the ones that don't really matter, the ones that can definitely make a big impact in our lives, regardless of what kind of fear they are, both of these fears are completely irrational. Both of these fears, when we really look at it, they don't matter. They should have no weight, uh, no, no value in our lives. Because God is always with us. And as we're making our way from point A to point B, as long as we're living our lives the way that He wants us to, He is leading us every step of the way. Because if we're with God, if we have God in our lives, then He is always leading us one step closer to our destination. He is always going to be there to make sure 
that we're going to make it through, these things that, that we might fear, these things that we might be afraid of, regardless of what they might be. This morning we read from Psalms chapter 23. We see from there, the author, of course, is, is David. And if we look through the life of David, we know that he let fear in at times. Uh, there were a few times where, where he acted out of fear. But for the most part, we see that he followed God all his life. Throughout all the mistakes that he made, and, and yes, he did make many mistakes, he made it a point to, to turn right back around and continue to pursue God. And so in Psalm chapter 23, we see the words that he's given us. And I, I don't want to look through the whole, uh, the whole chapter again. I want to focus on uh, these last three verses, beginning with verse 4. It reads, Even though I walk through the, sh- through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Even though I walk through the valley... I will not fear because you are with me. A lot of times and really every single day, we take a look at tomorrow. And sometimes we don't know what tomorrow holds. And so we fear it. We don't have a a full understanding of, of what our future is going to look like. And that's true. As long as we're here on this earth, we don't know what tomorrow holds. But a lot of times, because we don't understand that, we are afraid of tomorrow. We're afraid of of what tomorrow can bring to us. We're afraid of the, the possible negative consequences of whatever it might hold. And so a lot of times, because we fear tomorrow... We go toward it alone instead of with God. And I know that that sounds absolutely crazy, but we do it all the time. We aren't confident in what tomorrow holds, so we let God continue to to walk toward our destination and we just stand there frozen in fear. But our God knows what tomorrow holds. So why wouldn't we follow Him through it? You see, when we focus on the unknown of tomorrow, we forget about the certainty of eternity. If we're so focused on being afraid of of what tomorrow might have, if we're so focused on as we're getting to point B, as we're getting to our destination, if we're so afraid of what's going to be in the way on that path, 
We're forgetting about the destination entirely. But knowing God is leading us to this destination, shouldn't we be so much more fearless? Shouldn't we be willing to put our ideas and our actions and our words out in the open? Shouldn't we allow the lives that we're living to be seen by other people and to be able to do that without fear? To be able to live and love without fear? Without having a fear of of failure or the opinion of others? We simply have a fear in our God and nothing else. I want to look at one more verse. 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4. Beginning in verse 16. It reads, So we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love and whoever abides in love abides in God. And God abides in Him. By this is love perfected with us so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment because as He is, so also we are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. We love because He first loved us. There is no fear in love. What this is basically telling us is that somehow love and fear are connected. And what it's saying is that if we truly love God and we accept the love that He gives to us, fear should not be a part of the equation. And as we're going through our life, knowing the love that He has for us should be able to keep us going. Should allow us to, to look, for, look ahead to our God and take every step with Him toward our ultimate destination. And we see this love. We see this love all throughout the Bible. We see it in our lives today. And we see it through His Son. Because God sent His Son to this earth and He lived and He died for us. To be honest, Jesus lived one of the scariest lives you could ever live on this earth. And He did that so that we don't have to be afraid. We don't have to have any fear of of anything because we understand this love and this love has been made perfect and we have this love. And through this love, this perfect love, our fear can be cast out. There is no fear in love. I want to conclude our time by asking you two different questions. The first one, what is holding you back from living a fearless life? 
Maybe you're thinking through this kind of point A to point B scenario. And I want you to think through it again. I want you to think about where you are right now and point B, where you're wanting to go. Heaven. And I want you to think about what it is that's going to be the biggest obstacle from getting you there. What fear is it? What is it that you're afraid of that's stopping you from getting to point B? What's, what's keeping you and holding you back from living a fearless life? And my second question, what's the one step that you can take to conquer that fear? What's the one thing that, that you can do to help yourself take one more step toward that destination? What is it that you can do in your life to, to combat, to overcome that fear? As I think back to my, my college experience and my very difficult journey of getting there, It's, it's so crazy for me to, to look back and see that fear. Looking where I am now, looking back at that, I, I can't believe that I ever had any fear at all. Because as I continue to look through my life from that point on, I was able to see exactly what God had planned for me. He led me there. He led me through a, a lot of, of wonderful opportunities. Led me into another job that actually led me here. And it's crazy to look back and think about what would have taken place if I allowed the fears that I've had in my life to stop me. Where would I be? I hope that this morning you're able to think about your destination and that you're able to see what those things are that are keeping you from getting where you need to go and that you understand that the love of Christ can cast out any and every fear. Maybe you're here this morning and and you have a fear. You are afraid. But you know that, that bringing those fears to God is that step that you need to take to get you to your destination. Or maybe you're here and you haven't yet made that decision to be a part of the church and be baptized. Whatever the case may be, we invite you to come forward now as we stand and as we sing. Jesus, Into the fold of safety, where there is rest and room, come in the strength of manhood, come in the morn of youth.